Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Greg Smith, Big Ten College Football Writer for FoxSports.com, and you're tuned in to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast. This is the this Happy, is Hour, Happy Network. Hour Network. Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, earnestly speaking, podcast. Let's get it. I'm a giant in New York, in Miami, carry heat. So much more in store, my product can flood the street. Opinion Nation Godfather, CEO. Puff in the late 90s, gonna see me blow. Oh. Got my hustle on, no imitation of that. Army of untouchables, Opinion Nation staff. Never an off-season, homie, check the numbers. Heart in my own right, supply and southern comfort. Earnestly speaking, my ego is well fed. Earnestly speaking, you're too feeble. And no threat. See him like a hurricane. You're a mild breeze. Earnestly speaking, leaving Eli a dynasty. Shake! Welcome to the Earnest Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest EJ Christian. Uh, once again, subscribe to the podcast at the iTunes Store or Stitch Radio, of course. By the way, um, as I announced, I think a couple weeks ago, you can also check out the best of Ernest Speaking on SoundCloud.com slash Ernest Speaking. I'm working on getting on iTunes soon. There's a couple issues they got to work on, but um, just a quick uh, intro here. Um, we're gonna we did a podcast last night with uh, Ray Moraldi on free agency. It was actually a phone call, so if you, when you hear this, it, the audio is kind of compromised again. It was actually literally a phone call. It was actually on the road <laughs> when I did this podcast, so um, it was basically a phone call at three in the morning. Uh, you know, reviewing day one of uh, the NBA free agency, which is was absolutely insane. Um, so you get all the highlights there. Uh, once again, thanks for subscribing to the show. Um, don't forget to check out the live show on Friday um, at a special time tomorrow, Fourth uh, of July weekend, uh, one p.m. Eastern Standard Time, one to three. Um, so, without further ado, here is me and Ray Morali discussing week, uh, day one of NBA free agency frenzy. Enjoy. <laughs> Ray Moraldi, did you did you survive uh, free, NBA free agency 2015? Oh, man, I'm just trying to survive in real life, man. I mean, I'm back here in California after yeah. a long after a long trip from Portland, Oregon, stopped by the Bay Area. Now I'm back. I'm back in Southern California for the time being. So yeah, but the NBA season, interesting, definitely. But the first day of NBA free agency. Wow, that's all I can say. Wow. Yeah, it, it is a wow. And the thing is, there wasn't much movement. To be honest, with you. There really wasn't. Everybody got everybody who uh, did something. I, I mean, what really shocked me about today's uh, today's developments or yesterday's developments actually is the fact that you know there you know there were so many deals in principle already already like taken care of. Like yeah. normally, you, you a, lot, a lot of players tend to make do some trips. They they take a couple days. Normally, day two through four are the days you see a lot of the uh, 
the meat of the uh, of the market started to get eaten up. But out the gate, out the gate, we were getting guys committing <laughs> to, 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 to their right. team. So, I mean, I, I, I'll give you a story quickly. But for me, um, as you guys know, you know, we when crazy happens it's at twelve oh one a.m. Eastern Standard Time, July first. So, mm-hmm. needless to say, I was on Twitter at midnight on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have tweets that say, you can see the timeline literally as the time goes. So I'm on Twitter, and literally four minutes into Twitter, I see Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. <laughs> I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa. Hold on. No one brought him up. Nobody brought him up ever. Like, we knew that he was he was a restricted trade next, next season, and there's a chance yeah. that he might hit the market. But nobody was talking about Anthony Davis supposed to be extended right now. Nobody. Yeah. I mean... I understand. I understood why the Pelicans did it. Obviously, I mean, here's the thing: most most high picks after the recontract usually stay with their with their in the, the team that drafted them. So, but here, here's the thing: like, I didn't think he would sign for that much money, but we forget that the cap is jumping up significantly after right. um, next summer. So, five years, one forty five million. That's a lot of cake, dude. <laughs> a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of money, but they had to do it. Like they had he's, to do it, he's yeah. going to get paid that. If you're not doing it, somebody else will do it. Anthony Davis will be the best player in this league in the next two, three years. Okay, so mm-hmm. what New Orleans did was take him off the market for the next six years. Mm-hmm. So exactly. they, what they what, what they did was absolutely smart. Invested early, um, and now that you can build a team around around that guy now. Now 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 they can truly build. Um, you saw this, like, obviously this past season, they made the playoffs for the first time in a while since uh, Chris Paul left. And, you know, so you see a lot of fruition there. Um, but, yes, you see Davis up my timeline. And then three minutes later, Kawhi Leonard gets his extension. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, and like, like we all knew Kawhi was, you know, more likely will stay in San Antonio, whatever teams were going to offer the potential a match. Um, but it, it was a very quiet situation going going into the uh, – it's free agency. We, we thought maybe he should be still a little bit more back and forth, but that didn't happen. I mean, I, I, I guess what I want to ask you is this. What was your biggest surprise uh, day one of free agency? Oh, man. Um, I just think, like, looking back now, it's not, it's not that surprising that we see these exorbitant amounts of money being thrown around. Like, last year, we would never even think a guy like Chris Middleton would get five years, seventy million, right? Like that right. seems absurd right now. Right, but it does. When you look into the future, like uh, the cap's going to jump up. That's actually seven million in like you know past salary cap, basically. So guys like guys like the three and D guys like Damari Carroll got four years, sixty million. That's a ton of money right now. It seems right. Draymond Green got five years, eighty-two million. These types of guys would not get that type of money like two last year or two years ago. I think that's what is surprising right now is the amount of money being thrown around. But really, it makes sense because of the cap going up. Right. Like, they're, they're already, they're already duck, ducking their rows now. They're, like, teams are already ducking their rows. And I think, to be honest with you, it's smart for the teams to do this now because, you know, let's say, for example, uh, me, any, any of those guys, Chris Milton, say he, he, he signed a one-year deal, if he had, if he had a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had another good year. He would have commanded more money than he he got today. Yeah, you know. So you know, I, I, it was. I think that a lot, a lot of teams were smart enough to lock in guys. What, what would be a bar? I, I, you know, it's funny. I had a lot of time explaining to people you know, on Twitter, like 
who don't necessarily understand the CBA and the salary cap how it works. Like, like when they see when people on Twitter, like mainstream fans, don't understand the situation, they say, "Oh, well, he's overpaid." I'm like, "Listen, it's not about being overpaid or not, though, because somebody will pay that guy if you're not doing it. Because it's not about whether you think overpaid or not. It's 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 also it's about really it's like real estate, you know? Yeah. About when he when he gets a bidding war, all bets are off, man. So, like, I, I had to defend Goran Dragic's deal today for what he fans, you know, on, on Twitter, like. They don't mm-hmm. understand this. Like, oh, how's, how's he getting paid? And Wade is not getting paid yet. I'm like, listen, listen. And you know I'm a Wade guy. But mm-hmm. Dragic is going to play 75 to 82 games of, of the season, okay? Wade will miss 20-plus games, okay? So Dragic will do a lot of heavy lifting throughout the year. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how you defend that deal, period. But mm-hmm. I, I, I found myself, you know, all day. And, and to be honest with you, I, I shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, I, I – me being a sucker and being so invested in free agency, you know, I'm sitting here like having conversations with like 12 year olds, you know, on Twitter trying to explain to them when they shouldn't even be explained to. Why yeah. am I doing that still? Like years later, it's beyond me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And and this has become you know part of the game now. It's um you know bidding wars and salary caps. Like this is all part of the game now that we have to learn. We all have to learn this so that we get why they're signing for this much money. I mean, again. Jimmy Butler, you would have never thought five years, ninety-five million. Um, Brandon Knight, five years, seventy million. We never would have thought that. Christian Thompson, five years, eighty million. We never would have ever thought that they would get this much money. But we have to, we have to learn the rules. We have to learn the CBA. We have to learn the salary cap. So we don't have to go around educating idiots around Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you. You just, you just mentioned Jimmy Butler. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you shocked that he locked in for five years of the Chicago Bulls? Like we heard, we've been hearing, we were hearing rumors, and we were hearing a lot of like dialogue that he wanted to go to L.A., that he wanted to you know go somewhere else, that him and Derrick Rose weren't getting along, and that maybe he would sign a. Well, what we find out later on that he he couldn't sign a uh, one year deal because under the uh, if you're a restriction under the rules you can't do that. You can do two years with a three year option. But are you surprised that uh, the Jimmy Butler didn't go short like two and one, and then hopefully you know, cash out in two years for the TV deal. No, and I wouldn't be surprised if anybody did that because here's the thing. You put $95 million in my face, you think I'm not going to take that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, five years, $95 million, or two years, uh, $30 million. What do you think I'm going to take? $95 million each time, right? It doesn't matter what the situation is. It's a lot of money. You can't give that up, dude. Right. My surprise of the day, my, my surprise wasn't even that. My surprise was Kevin Love. And it was not too much Kevin Love staying. I thought he would stay anyway. But I thought what I what I predicted all year long was that Kevin Love would, would stay for another another one-on-one. He'll stay for a two-year deal, one-year player option on the back end, and then see how it plays out. And if, and if he's not happy, then he will try to leave. Um, him committing to a five-year deal, to me, you know, now granted, let's be, let's be real about If he's unhappy... He can, he can cry wolf ass for trade him. Certain teams will take him in the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the, the fact that he committed to a five year deal after all we heard this year about the you know LeBron's fit in fit out thing and and all the stuff we've been hearing all season long about Kevin Love not fitting, which I think is horse crap. To be honest with you, it, it really is horse shit. Because to be honest with you, Kevin Love does fit that team. What I've been saying all year long is that mm-hmm. is whether does he wants it to fit because well, his skill set fits the Cavs perfectly. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised that Love actually committed for five years. I, I mean, I, I am surprised. But again, you show that money to anybody? 
it's hard to turn down, man. It's like, again, you show 110 million in my face. No matter how much the cap jumps next year, you want that security where you get and you don't and you don't risk uh, injury basically because like you know 110 million. That's what I'm saying, 110 million. You're not gonna turn that down. I, I, I love how you're sitting there. You, I, I love how you're sitting there using your sensibilities to the situation. Like, yeah, if they if, dude, if they give you fifty thousand dollars now, you, you're taking it and leave and run with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like oh yeah, I'm gonna take a risk. Like maybe. I'll cash out after I do this like one year eight thousand dollar job. So I'm gonna cash in for like five years sixty thousand later. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no but, man. <laughs> but yeah, but I but I am shocked though. Like love commit. I mean, I I think it's a good sign, but you know, you know what it is too. Also, I think he, he still has value. That if he were to not be, let's say two years in, three years in, he's not happy. Uh huh. You know. He's still he, he's still a stable commodity. He's still young enough. He only he only be twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Teams right. will take him. Teams will take him. Yeah, and, and I mean if it doesn't work out, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the Hawks were able to trade Joe Johnson out of an exorbitant contract, right? So Kevin Love, that should be easy, right? Some teams are going to take him, and uh, right. you know, and the Cavs will would love to get rid of that huge salary for other players later on down the line, right? They, right, they right. Luxury tax and everything. So, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a problem that he signed for that much money, and trading him shouldn't be a problem the way the way the NBA is these days. Like, you can trade, you can trade superstars for basically like picks and or cash considerations these days. You know. So. Actually, actually, I I don't think LeBron wants uh, any breaks for the Cavaliers. Like I've been saying all day long, like. Everybody's saying, oh, LeBron, you know, and Dan Gilbert are good again. No, I, I don't think the LeBron likes Dan Gilbert still. And I think what he's, the, his payback to Dan Gilbert for that letter five years ago is uh-huh. make, making him pay exorbitant amount of money in luxury tax. Like, he's going to pay him up. For what I, 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 don't, I don't know the exact calculations here, but for what I gather, Dan Gilbert is going to be paying an upwards of 70 to $80 million in luxury tax money alone, I think, next season. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the payback. Now people will say, oh, well, Dan Gilbert has the money. Look, look, folks, how do you think rich people say rich? <laughs> just because just, just they have the money doesn't mean they want to spend it. Okay. Right. So LeBron's payback, to, I, I believe LeBron's payback to Dan Gilbert for all the crap he said to him when he went to Miami is making him pay out his butt. <laughs> Man, so... I think I'm not sure how the projection was going to be, but LeBron can effectively sign for what five years, one hundred sixty, hundred seventy-five million. Wow. This year, yeah. Well, basically, so after, well, after this, after, this, after this summer, yeah, next summer. No, no, exactly. no next summer. Well, yeah, because Anthony Davis got one forty-five. Um, yeah. but, but, but LeBron's, but LeBron's in his like what twelfth year now. He's gonna get way more money. And well, I, right. I believe I believe I saw a tweet where um, if Paul Millsap. Uh, signs for the max in two years from now or whatever, he could start out like $34 million <laughs> if he wanted to. That's insane. I think LeBron's going to want to one again this year and want to one again next year and take the max at, at, at the max at that one-year level. And I think in two years, if the, once the T-Money peaks out, like the highest number peaks out, I think then LeBron will take a extended contract. Mm-hmm. At that point, maybe I, I I look. I won't I won't be surprised if LeBron takes one on one rest of his career, like Michael Jordan in Chicago his last like, yeah, three, three years. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing is that no one was worried about Jordan leaving too. Remember when he was signed for like thirty million and thirty three and thirty six million? No, yeah, so, uh, uh, 
I just told Jerry Krause that enough's enough. <laughs> yeah. If Michael, if Michael Jordan get kicked out of Chicago, then believe me, no one's safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's safe. Um, were there any deals out there? And you know, and I'll ask for the Lakers in a second. We'll we'll, we'll see what's happening the Lakers. But were there mm-hmm. any deals that that you saw on the market of, of, on in day one that made you scratch your head and like say, huh, really? No, that 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 much money, really, huh? Omar Ashik. Omar Ashik, five years, sixty million. Um, they're already paying, they're already paying Anthony Davis like one hundred forty-five, obviously. But like, oh man, you don't really. It's tough to put them together for one thing. Um. Twelve million a year. No one was bidding against them for twelve million a year. Omar Ashik, like he can defend, sure, but he can't really do much much else. And sometimes right. he has to stay off the floor on on fourth quarter because his offense is terrible. So right. for for twelve million a year, and the thing is, like he's not dynamic as DeAndre Jordan, who could catch lobs and you know, um, ba- basically like just be a, a um, he can score about ten points a game or whatever. Omar Ashik can't even like fly out of the building. So, I don't know. I I I, did, I just think they were just putting against themselves at that point. I don't think it was worth that much, even in this in this significantly um, higher cap. Let me defend him real quick. I'm gonna defend him real quick. Look, look, it is expensive. He is expensive. But let me defend why I think it's, a, it's still a good move to retain him because he's a great insurance policy to have if Davis gets hurt. Okay. Like he and the fact that Davis has gotten hurt every year in the league, you know, since been in the league, you know, he has started getting injured a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have a guy like Ashik behind, you know, to to rely on a moment's notice. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's, it, you know, you, you can also do many things with Ashik and 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 Davis in the in the lineup. Like if Davis plays power forward or center, I mean, if you put Davis at power forward, Ashik at center, the whole nine, it'd be mm-hmm. kind of like a Flitter Duncan thing, you know, in San Antonio. You know, so I I, I don't I don't hate that deal as much, to be honest with you, because I think I think it's important to kind of secure your best player. And having, you know, Andy Davis for six years, you, you want to still keep, even though he's young, you don't want to get worn out, man. So I think having Ashik there is going to definitely uh, kind of sort of be a nice insurance policy for Davis. I, I, I actually like the deal. Uh, maybe maybe the numbers are a little bit too high. I, I get that. But I think, it's a great, I think it's a good insurance policy for Anthony Davis overall. I just think that um, they could have let Ashik test the market first. And see what he could get because I don't think anyone, anybody was going to bid for it for five years, fifty million, you know. So, and if they right. did, then fine, go ahead, overpay for him. But no one was really going after him at that point, at least not what we heard of. So, no, we, we heard think, nothing. I, well, we heard nothing about him on the market at all. Um, yeah, I just, I just think they were outbidding themselves. So, right, I, I, I don't think. Know. They, I think what they want to do was uh, just lock him up. Because you, you, there, there will be teams that will spend money. Because yeah. you, know, you have to still spend over the ceiling, over the, the thre- it's a threshold you have to spend. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. you have a long tax, but mm-hmm. you have to. There's a floor. You know, you mm-hmm. have to spend. So he would, he would, he would have gotten that money anywhere else, regardless. Because you know, you need big. Because look, I know we're in a guard room league now. I know we're small ball, small ball. But believe yeah. me, guys like Ashik is still valuable because you know, guys, there's still a lack of uh, productive centers in the league, and I think he's still mm-hmm. a guy. I think if anything, he's very productive. And it's funny because we criticized this deal a while back when we signed with Houston. We went for three twenty one. So, yeah, I think it's pretty funny that we're criticizing him again for this deal. Yeah, but, yeah. Hey, get, get your paper. Get your paper. I'm not against him getting his money. I just think it's a little bit too much for the Pelicans to offer him that much. Oh, absolutely. No, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and 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 you're 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 right to feel that way at all. At, yeah. you know, absolutely. Um, I guess what I want to ask you next too is is the 
you know, with the the Cavaliers to lock up Love, to lock up some for, for for four years, forty million, which I thought the, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, I don't I, I don't know how I feel about that deal right now. To be honest, I I think that obviously a guy like Shumper who, who can who's very durable, who can uh you know who can shoot the ball pretty well. He's a, he's actually a very good uh wing defender um to mm-hmm. have. Um, LeBron loves him. Um, that's not a bad deal. You know, it, it, it seems like Cleveland is just like sustaining, you know. The, you know the best team in the East, right? Like, like it was never going to it was never going to change, obviously. But when you lock up Love and you're gonna you have Tristan Thompson about to sign an eighty million dollar deal for multiple years, you know, mm-hmm. I think what you what you what you're seeing now is the Cleveland Cavaliers flexing some some muscles now for the future. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that there's no it's a no brainer to the favorites. But look at the Eastern Conference now. I mean, look at look at the Eastern Conference based on the moves and potential moves. You know. I gotta be honest with you. Like I, I, I look at Miami. If if they go look at Dwayne Wade, you know, and basically did the draft also, you know, getting Justin Winslow, Justice Winslow mm-hmm. on yeah. their draft and whatnot. And yeah. looking at looking at the kids in the East, like you know, I don't I don't think Atlanta will be as good as they were last year. I don't think they'll win sixty games next season. Washington is still kind of like they're, they're good, but I don't know if they'll be, you know, as you know as powerful as they were last year. And they lost um, Pierce. I think it was a huge loss for them. They lost Pierce. Yeah, but people, look, people say, "Oh, Pierce, no." Paul Pierce is a huge loss for that team. Mm-hmm. You saw, you saw in the playoffs how valuable he was. Yes. <laughs> if you if you need all Paul Pierce's value, look no further than the playoff games in the, in the first two rounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Chicago. Yeah, they lost with Butler, but they got a new coach in town. You don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, I mean with Derek Rose question mark. I I think to be honest with you, the Eastern Conference. To be totally honest with you. You know, I think it's Cleveland, and then you got probably Miami, probably uh, Chicago. It, it depends. I, I think it's I, I think it's a cast over again, man. I think, I think the cast are just in lock them again with possibly Miami if, if if they bring back Dwayne Wade, which which we all all indicators are saying that's going to happen. Um, him resigning, I think that's just two team race in the Eastern Conference going forward. We're talking about this in July second, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, we we saw Miami as kind of a dark horse last season. They they were just unhealthy, Bosch, Bosch was off for the season. Wade, obviously, who played well, by the way, but no one wants to, no one wants to admit that, but he played well when he was healthy. And they have Dragic, Whiteside's a boon. We'll see how he goes for the entire year. That's a pretty damn good core. Lou Wolden's coming back as well. So that's a pretty good core. Um, so I just don't know if they can compete against the way Cleveland played at the end of the, at the, end of the last season. Um, at the moment, yeah, it's, it's, it's Cleveland to lose, but... We'll see how Miami, how good Miami is when they're healthy. I, I don't want to go all he homer here, but you know, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've had to find my, I've had to like defend Wade a lot today, you know, because mm-hmm. there's still, there's still a lot of that down here in South Florida, you know, there's still a lot of, uh, well, let him walk, he's old. I'm think, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, one stat that that's kind of important to me, and I think people don't, people don't really because this stat, you know, fourth quarter points last year. Mm-hmm. LeBron James was number one in the league in fourth quarter points last year. Mm-hmm. Does anybody care guess who number two was last last season? So it's Wade, huh? It was Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. It was Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. You know, so my point is, you need a closer. You know, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade still, still one of the better closers in the league. You know, what what I've been defending with Dwayne Wade, um, this last like couple of days since the draft last week is that having Justice Winslow now, because look. Winslow fell to the heat's lap last Thursday. 
Okay, that's, that's, make no mistake about that. He mm-hmm. sold to the Heat's left on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Having Justice Winslow now in the rotation with Miami, assuming that he is what he's cracked out to be, which I think he is, um, he makes Dwayne Wade much more dangerous now because what's going to happen now is that now you have a, a, a legitimate you know, two or three guy, uh, a guy who can play two and a three, mm-hmm. who can step in a moment's notice and for, for Wade. Wade can actually, can actually afford to miss back-to-backs now because you have a guy like Winslow who can step in on a, on a back-to-back or, or, or games that Wade's miss. You know, it's just with Dang back in the lineup, too. Mm-hmm. So, you have... Miami has a football lineup now going forward. Like, you have... Like, you have arguably the, one of the best starting fighters in basketball right there with Drogic, Wade, Dang, Whiteside, and Bosch. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then you still have... You have still got Big Roberts, who's, you know, who's pretty decent. You got Winslow. Um, I don't know if Chalmers and Birdman and uh, Birdman will be here next year. Um, all all signs are you know pointing to them probably getting traded or at least trying to get traded in salary dumps. But you have mm-hmm. a lot of you have a lot of uh, um, quality depth there, and Miami can still use them in lower exemption too next next season if necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I like what the teams do that next season. But again, it's only July 2nd. A lot can happen from here on out to November. And hell, from here on out to April. So we'll see what's up. Pat Roddick has, has done some miracles in the past. So we shall see what happens. Yeah, you shall see. I, I, I still think it's Cleveland's uh, conference mm-hmm. to lose. And, and that guy LeBron is still there. So that's not changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I, what I want to talk to you about really um, here. Um, it's this whole Lamarcus Aldridge thing, and I'm surprised we just started off the podcast to talk about him first. But <laughs> he is the headline of this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of there's a lot of confidence from a lot of people that the Lakers were were a surefire favorite to land him. Like I know, we, I know we heard San Antonio, we heard a little bit of Dallas and even Houston, but the Lakers got got their name in the hat in the last week and a half, and even going into you know into free agency, we thought the Lakers were were a front runner. What the hell happened in that in that in that presentation? Number one, uh, I lived in Portland for a year, so I know how Lamarcus Aldridge is and how his demeanor is. And basically, he's not a big lights person, so I was surprised the Lakers got got a meeting with him. And I even said on Twitter, "Calling me surprised with Lamarcus Aldridge has with the Lakers because this is not his style. He like he's a private person, and him being in LA that does not fit his that does not fit his personality." With that said. Um, he also wants to be the number one guy, which was in Portland. And, uh, you know, with the franchise turning over to Damian Lillard, um, we weren't sure if he wanted to stay in Portland. So going to the Lakers with Kobe Bryant, who's been the alpha dog since forever, I don't think it was going to be a good fit. Um, and we know Kobe's history, at least for the past few years, on how um, he would treat stars when they're meeting for a, you know, we're having a free agency meeting, basically. Like like Howard, he would tell him, oh, it's still my team. You're the number three guy here beside me and Powell. And he would tell LaMarcus Aldridge in this meeting, apparently from what sources told us, that he was envisioning him as a Powell Gasol to his, to his Kobe Bryant. So how do you, how do you spell LaMarcus's eagle spell after that? You know, like, I'm, you're going to be the number two guy after being number one for so long. That hurts your ego. So, you know. Um, and the Lakers are so outdated, and they're so bad right now that um, they think that um, just having good weather and Hollywood and this and that is enough, 
to entice free agents. They, players want to win games now. And the Lakers won 21-61 last season. And there is no core that is proven at the moment. Sure, Clarkson's nice. Sure, Randall is nice. Um, but that's all you pretty much have with the Lakers right now. There's no proven core. So team players are not going to go for that. Let me let me ask you because I I don't want to go. I, I look I don't want to go to this to this thing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to that place now where all of a sudden we're leaving Kobe. Mm-hmm. But you know if what we read was true with the LA Times about the dialogue that happened in there and Kobe you know saying what he said about you know him being you know what Pacasol was to him. Mm-hmm. Could I argue that it's still a Kobe, it's still a Kobe problem because. I look at that, and I look at the situation there. I look at the last three years of free agency, mm-hmm. and the Lakers have struck out on Dwight Howard, who had his bird rights, mm-hmm. and still couldn't hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Then last year, look, last year I'll give a pass. Carmelo Anthony was never going to go to L.A. This was, was the market, okay? <laughs> right. It was never going to happen. But still, mm-hmm. the Lakers, you figure they draw somebody. They, they do nobody last season, okay? Mm-hmm. This season, they, you know, they got Aldridge, you know, in, in, their, in their not in the last, but definitely had the opportunity to 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 make some noise there, and they strike mm-hmm. out there too. Mm-hmm. At what point do we get? At what point do we become honest with ourselves and says, you know what? Until Corey Bryant is literally not on this roster anymore, we really can't bring any more top tier talent. It, it's it's a tough position to be in because the Lakers they want to they want to win immediately because of Kobe Bryant. You know, in the twilight of his career, they want to win a ring for him. So. They're, they have they're, they're, they have that mentality, but at the same time, they're trying to rebuild the right way, or they're trying to rebuild within with young guys. So they're caught between that and Kobe Bryant, and it doesn't help that they gave Kobe Bryant a jillion dollars because, sure, they can still sign one max free agent, but they can't really maneuver their way to signing you know more um, good role players. So it's a tough position to be in, and I don't envy the Lakers' position as of right now, but. If they can, if they only got Kobe to, which wasn't going to happen. If they only got Kobe to uh, get that mentality where, like, you know, Tim Duncan takes less money, Dirk took less money, just for a, you know, for a chance at a ring, then you know this process would have been a little bit easier. But as of now, it's like, well, we're stuck between trying to develop players and trying to please Kobe, and it's not a pretty place right now. And like I said, I, I don't want to make this about, you know, blaming Kobe, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. when you see the writing on the wall and you see three-year sample size of this, it's, it's, it's the mm-hmm. same story. And I know Lakers history, and I, I've been through Lakers history, and the Lakers get what they want. If they want mm-hmm. what, they're going to get them, you know. And now that's not the case anymore. Um, yeah. And look, I'm not one of the guys that defended Kobe Bryant's last deal because I understand why the Lakers paid them kind of money. Because oh, I get it. I get it. It's the TV deal. They don't, yeah. they don't get that TV deal without Kobe Bryant, period. Mm-hmm. So. I understand why they got why they got why they signed Kobe that that, that that you know two year fifty million dollar almost fifty million dollar albatross. I, I get that, but yeah. at the same time, they what this is what I, this is what I thought it should have happened in the first place. They should write out this Kobe thing one more time, and then after that, do not resign him again next year, regardless mm-hmm. of what he takes next season. He I, I I just think at this point now, just him being on that roster is is right now is, is a detriment. Yeah. And I, I also think they're thinking about. I hate saying that. I hate saying that, right? I hate yeah. saying that. But I'm, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. You know, you know, he's he's one of the great players to play this game. You know, 
love his ethic, you know, the way he, I love him, but at the same time, mm-hmm. that's the reality. I, I can't not say that if what we see is what's being played out. Yeah. I also think that the Lakers are thinking way too much about Kobe's legacy as well. They're not going to let go of him. You know, it's, it's, well, Kobe is a Laker for life, and that's what they're trying to think here, and that's what they're trying to, um, you know, put out there for Kobe Bryant. You know, they don't want to see him be in another uniform. So I think they're trying their best to please them, but at the same time, it's a detriment to themselves. So really, I mean, I know Kobe wouldn't have taken less, but they could have at least tried to make him take less. You know, so really, it's just not Kobe's fault. It's the, it's the entire front office, the entire team, the entire franchise, and the culture is terrible I, right now. So. I, I, I don't think, though, that even Kobe Bryant could take, could take way less money. I don't think the money is the issue. I think that no matter what, he can, he can take less than someone else there next year. It won't matter. Corey Bryant sees himself as alpha dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's, not, it's nothing wrong with that, but it's just that that does turn off all the players. And the thing is now, I can say that now because that has been the fact of the last three years' trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really think that um, Dwight, the, the 2012 season where they got Dwight and Nash, after that, that the plan was to hand the franchise over to Dwight. You know, and when that didn't pan out, they had no backup plan because they planned to continue to be good like the Spurs did the past 20 years. Right. They've been they've been planning to be championship contenders for like the next five, 10 years with Dwight on the helm. But that didn't work out. And here they are right now. Right. All right. A couple of questions as you go. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, what does he end up? San Antonio? Spurs. Uh, yeah. I, I won't be surprised if he goes back to Portland. but. I am scratching my head on why they dealt Nicholas Batum. Yeah, he had, he, well, he had a bad year last year. I get that. But he's still part of the core, and when he's good, he's great. He's amazing. So um, for him, for them to trade him for Gerald Henderson, I kind of don't get it. I'm, I'm, I, and it's funny. I, I, I remember this, this question now, and I'm glad I have you on the podcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, we heard nothing about. We heard, at least I didn't hear anything about this all year long, all, all the last couple of years. Because mm-hmm. we keep hearing that Lamarcus Aldridge is done in Portland no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even though he made more money in Portland, even though he get the fifth year to hold nine, he had the bird mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. What happened in Portland that has made Aldridge not want to come back there? Is it something? Does something happen? Is, is it a coaching thing? What happened in Portland that all of a sudden that? Lamarcus is not even considering the Blazers. Although we hear that they can still hang around, but look, all, everything I hear is, is still all signs point to Texas. But mm-hmm. what happened? What happened in Portland that caused Lamarcus to be anti-Blazers and look somewhere else, no matter what the money is? I think the team regressed. That's what it was. It wasn't as good as last year's. Lillard was terrible in the second half of the season, and there was probably that thought that you know, the tra- the team was transitioning to Lillard after the season, basically. So, um, but Aldridge is so fickle. Like, last year he said he wanted to be the greatest Blazer of all time. He wanted to spend his entire career there. Now he's looking at somewhere else. He wants to go home to Texas or something like that. So, I mean, I have no idea what he's thinking at the moment. I've mentioned before that he's unpredictable. Um, but I still wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Portland because, you know, there's that, you know, mantle of being the greatest Blazer of all time and everything. But, but I really think when it came to that, when it came to um, him 
looking for other options because the team has regressed, and San Antonio gives them the best chance of winning, basically. As for L.A., as for LA, I can't really tell you how they got that name in the first place, but, of course, he also thinks that, you know, he can be the number one guy in that team, I suppose. There's that thought again, but with Kobe Bryant around, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> San Antonio's transitioning, you don't even know it. Like, people, like, you you, may, you have the greatest quote ever. On on Twitter today on on your social media, so 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 telling that I had to I had to retweet it, I had to, I had to put on my TV. I had to, I, look, I had to steal from you. I had to use it okay. uh, about the you know San Antonio is so nice, still the slash tires and in, in the whole nine. That, that that was the greatest quote ever because it's yeah, true. Because the thing is, it's like the Spurs. They are they they're not knuckleheads. Like the the biggest scandal um, was a personal. Uh, life, uh, I, it's something about Tony Parker's personal life that I don't want to say here, but that was the biggest scandal in probably like the last 15 years in San Antonio. Other than that, they've been squeaky clean. And while they've been squeaky clean, they're just killing everybody when it comes to uh, to um, off-season moves and on the court. They're just killing everybody. Doing it with a smile on their faces. It's like, oh, how's it going, guys? Good day, as they slash your tires, you know? And then here they are talking about passing the torch on to Kawhi Leonard while they burn someone's house down. It's like, oh, I'm going to pass the torch on to Kawhi Leonard while they burn another house down. You know? So they have this, like, they have this um, good type persona in front of you while they're really killing everybody in the background. I mean, that's, that's so correct. And the thing is, too, also, what's, what's, you know, people say, oh, well, Santos getting old. Do you understand Santos tra- transitioning already, and you, you don't even know it? <laughs> like they're, they're like the the, tra- the, tra- the 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 handoff out of the Duncan era is gonna be fine. They they signed Aldridge. If they signed Aldridge, okay, they already have the Duncan era parent. Okay, Kawhi is locked up another five years, so they're gonna mm-hmm. have Kawhi Leonard and, and Aldridge as their core moving forward. Mm-hmm. Tony Parker still has a couple of good years left in him. Um, mm-hmm. Danny Green we got resigned today. You yeah. know, so San Antonio, like everybody told me how San Antonio's getting older. And they're almost done. No, 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 no. They're they're already in the process of transitioning anyway. You're just not paying attention. <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, pay attention. San Antonio's smarter than you are. So you know, like this is what gets with the Spurs. Like just because they're not putting it out there doesn't mean it isn't so. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're not put out there and it's happening means that they're smarter than you are. And that's on the fan and the consumer to realize that San Antonio is smarter than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing is, I remember asking a blogger from Project Spurs in 2011, and they kept saying, oh, yeah, we're kind of rebuilding, you know, Thiago Splitter's coming in, whatever, and, you know, they have a draft pick coming up, whatever, with Charlie Kawhi Leonard. But um, they are talking about, like, you know, they're basically rebuilding, reloading, and then they finished first that season. Like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Like, <laughs> it, yep. they, they just reload, rebuild on the fly while they're still killing everybody out there. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and the thing is too. Also, like you know, you you know, find very appealing to Aldridge too, especially the mm-hmm. fact that Tim Duncan in at thirty nine years old is still not only productive, he's still a top tier power forward in the league. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you don't think you, you don't think that's attractive to Aldridge? Exactly. At thirty years old, like saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I come to San Antonio with a team that knows how to monitor minutes, and I can have like. Hypothetically speaking, though, if, if Aldridge would have stayed healthy and followed this this trek that Duncan's been on, you know, mm-hmm. you know, cutting his weight down and you know, still being productive, Lamarcus has held the nine years in the league. 
if we if we if we use the Duncan Mendoza line right now, right. So all this has another good seven, eight, nine in the league. Yeah, and I don't remember what their um, minutes were last season, but I do remember that in their championship season, nobody played more than thirty minutes on that team in the championship season of theirs. It's incredible how Pop managed those minutes and managed those egos because easily, like, seven or eight other players can be starters on, on any other team. But Pop got them all got them all down on lockdown, basically, saying, hey, you know what, if you want to win, you know, you can just play 30 minutes and we'll all be fine. Right. Even Kawhi Leonard played less than 30 minutes. Right. It's incredible. Quick, quick uh, rapid fire before you go. Wayne Wade, Miami? Yeah, Miami. He's not going to win anywhere. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, where's he going? DeAndre Jordan, what do you think? Prediction. Ooh, that was tough because Chandler Parsons has been dating in the last few days. Um, <laughs> seriously. Oh, man, because, you know, if Chandler Parsons dates you, I mean, that, that's tough, man. Um, I think ultimately going after the Clippers, though, because Blake Griffin is his best friend, and I think he's just worth more in the Clippers than any other team, I think. And if he knows that, he would he would stay with the Clippers. Speaking of the Clippers, Paul Pierce Clipper, is a Clipper also. You like the move? I love the move. I love Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. I love the move, man. And it's a huge discount considering the, the again, the, the the salaries are exorbitant now. But he only signed for like what? Like barely four, not even four million a year. Three three years, ten, three years, seven million dollars. They already got Lance Stevenson also to the wing. So now they have mm-hmm. a, a nice wing rotation now between Paul Pierce and Lance Stevenson. Yeah, so now they the have first, to show up. Excellent move. Now, now they have to show up their um, uh, uh, point guard position and backup backup bigs, then they'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else I'm missing here. Darren Jordan's uh, well, Dave West is not going. Dave West is. Uh, I guess that's <laughs> it, really. Yeah. Who who else is on the market that's, that's, that's of notable of notable? Uh, okay, here's relevance. the thing. Um, Sacramento, I have no idea what they're doing. Um, <laughs> they, they trade three players for future picks, and. I, I mean I get that they're they, they freed up salary cap space, but they're mm-hmm. going after they're going after Ray Rondo, who has been who has regressed so much over the past few years that I don't even know why they're trying to outbid themselves for Ray John Rondo. Ray John Rondo's not even a top ten point in the league anymore. Can we, can we, can we, can we, yeah. are, are we at that place now, Ray? We say that now. Given that we're the point guard league, are we at that place now? Like with the same way Darren Williams, are we at that place now? We can say comfortably now that Ray John Rondo's longer a top ten point guard in the league. Oh, I'm comfortable saying that. I mean, this, he hasn't done anything. And I was hoping he'd be something in Dallas because on paper it looked fantastic. But I, somehow, I, I, defend, the, I defend that I, move. And, yeah, let's I defend that move too. Most people did, actually. And yeah. it, it looked fantastic on paper, but for some reason it wasn't a good fit on the court. And I, don't, I didn't understand why. It was, it was mind-boggling. And, you know, I get... I, I would I still defend a trade right now. I still would. But... Man, that just turned out to be a disaster. Kind of like the Lakers with Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Oof. Oh, here's a good one. Oh, the, the biggest, the biggest one of all, LeBron James. I'm kidding. We know he's staying <laughs> in Cleveland. Come on, that'd be that'd be yeah. that'd be suicide if they left. Yeah, he, he won't make it. Yeah. Look, there will be there will be his house will be like under fire if mm-hmm. he left again. That's not exactly. That's, that's, that is just not happening. That's just. Uh, oh yeah, I want to ask you quick, quickly before you go. Mm-hmm. The Paul the Paul Millsap deal to to Atlanta, you know mm-hmm. you know Orlando offered him a four year eight million dollar deal, and mm-hmm. then Atlanta pony up and gave him a, a shorter deal mm-hmm. with the same money. Um, Millsap at, at sixty million, well at sixty million for three years, 
mm-hmm. twenty million a year. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Bill Sapp, but I don't know if I like him at twenty million dollars. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Well, he was going to get that money anyway. Um, yeah. And with Atlanta, it's a better situation than Orlando, which right now is still directionless at the moment. I said this last year when um, before they fired Jacques Vaughn, I was like, what is Jacques Vaughn doing with his team? Because I have no idea what they're doing. You know, you have the collecting assets, but you can only collect assets for so long. And it, it's only worked for the Rockets and the Warriors so far when it comes to collecting assets and stuff like that, which is, which is, the Sixers, which is what the Sixers are doing at the moment. But again, you can only do that for so long. The Hawks are established at the moment, so I don't blame him for taking three years to eight million, which I right. think, which I think again in this huge salary cap jump is is about right for Paul Millsap. Oh, there's another, another guy, Greg Monroe. Where's he go? Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm, um, gonna New, I'm gonna say New York only because like they need something to work. New York, dude. New York <laughs> is oh my god, New York's a mess. Oh, you're kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> like. I can't decide what's the messiest one: New York, Sacramento, Philadelphia, or the Lakers. Like I cannot decide which was the the worst did, trick out of all. Of yeah. Them. Did you see the David West thing last week? We heard rumors that he was a lot to go to New York, and mm-hmm. now he's saying that it's ridiculous. I never committed to that. I want to go to contender. <laughs> I mean, and we know David West is really honest, but he's right. It's yeah. Not a contender. It's not. I mean, I mean, if Phil Jackson can't can't bring David West to New York. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. nothing's gonna work in New York. I mean, that that, that is a mess, man. Uh, look, we'll, that, we'll we'll save the we'll save the next one of the podcast because that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. That that's a whole other podcast. Seriously, I'm not even joking. Uh huh. So yeah, but, so um, I, I, yeah. Again, Sacramento, Philly, Lakers, Knicks. Like, pick one. They're all they're all train wrecks at the moment. And I, I, I yeah, I thought the Lakers are fine. The Lakers are, once they got out of the Kobe era, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Monroe, on the other hand, um, I think I don't like this, but he's. I think Portland gets him when they lose to Marcus Aldridge. I say when, <laughs> if they lose to Marcus Aldridge. Uh, oh yeah, once 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 um Elamay's off the market, Monroe becomes the, like the number one like coveted uh, power forward in the league. Yeah, and if 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 Aldridge goes to the Spurs, then I think Monroe goes to the Blazers, which I'm not a big fan of, but. I think they get something but, though. They get something. But yeah, exactly. I think I think they're gonna hastily sign him. It's like okay, we lose Aldridge, we get get Monroe now. So I think that's gonna happen. Well, you know, I will say this though. Even though Monroe may not be the best fit in, that, in Portland, I will say that that that's a better than nothing situation with the Blazers because I, I think the Blazers now, but losing Aldridge, they're gonna fall out of the of the eight probably. I, I don't think losing yeah gonna, probably to, yeah. To, you know, there's a transition there. I think teams like. Utah or teams like you know, you know well, you know OKC will be back this year. I think mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of transition, a little bit of transition to West next season. A couple, yeah. You know, there'll be a team that there'll be one of the teams that uh oh, Marcus Sullivan is in Memphis, right? What is that? Marcus Sullivan is in Memphis, right? That's, that's yeah, yeah, Memphis, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, they I, I, I just think it's a shame that um you know that Aldridge is leaving. Well, again, they traded us to him because I think they. They were bracing themselves to lose Aldridge, basically. So it's a shame because I think Portland kind of had, kind of, kind of was a dark horse on winning the title last year. Had to have they stayed healthy, uh, Wesley Matthews got hurt, and Litter had a terrible second half, and that was it. That was Curtis. Yeah, they they were great in the first half of the year. They they, they were yeah. they were top three in the West, and they were actually right. Well, I mean, obviously Golden State was was ahead of the pack, but you could argue Portland was right like 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 a distant second for a little while, and then yeah. it is kind of you know faded yeah. away, injuries, the whole nine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top so. five offensive defense for the first half of the season. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Though. But day one was definitely definitely a blast. And, I, you know, once I, I think once Aldridge and Wade figure out what they're, what they're doing and all that, I think all the dominoes will fall into place. And I think by day four, we're going to wish we were day one again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say what. Here's the thing, because well, we, were waiting for, we were waiting for LeBron James to do something in past years. Now, since there's, like, really nobody to wait for anymore, they just said, take the money. Go ahead. So, so crazy, man. We'll just keep, we'll keep eye on everything else, man. But, Ray, thanks mm-hmm. for doing the podcast with me on, on, on short notice. Really do appreciate it, man. Thank you.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.